trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. You know, I have a I have a confession to make and an apology to offer. I have <clears throat> I have an email account that is directly connected to the show, particularly to my website, thebrianhydeshow.com. And I just realized today as I checked that email that uh, I haven't been checking it for a while. I'm like a couple weeks delinquent, and I have people reaching out to me uh, that uh, I, I feel terrible that I, I haven't... Uh, you know, I haven't responded until today, so thank you, thank you very much, and, and I'm, I'm so encouraged when I see um, listeners in Australia, when I see listeners around the world and, and throughout the U.S., you know, speaking, I'm saying, I'm so glad that I found your show and what, what a source of encouragement it is to them. Thank you. I, I don't think I express this often enough, so um, let me get this off my chest and just tell you, um, it, is, it is really an honor to be able to to utilize this platform to to speak truth as best I understand it and to hopefully bring some encouragement and some clarity to those who are actually seeking it. Now, I understand the, the messages I share, the slant that I have, and I have my, I have my own slant. Um, it's, it's not for everybody. And it's not that, it, you know, the people who don't want it, well, they're just stupid and they're missing out on the best opportunity of their life. No, it's, it's, we're all somewhere in that journey of trying to make sense of the world around us and, and hopefully at some point make sense of what we are supposed to do individually. You'll hear me refer to this as a calling, and, and I don't use that term lightly. I think there are people who feel uh, like the, the universe is telling them, I need you to step up and do a job that you alone are fitted for and prepared to do. And it's scary. And of course we have our choice. We have the volition to either say, I'm all about that. I'm going to do it. You know, try to stop me. I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. Or we can, uh, you know, we can decide that it's safer to just kind of hang back in the crowd and, you know, I'm not going to draw any, any attention or try to, to make too many waves. I am so grateful for the people ahead of me in line, the ones who paved the path ahead, who left trail markers to show the way forward or at least a way out of the swamp of misinformation and towards that, uh, that brighter light. And I want you to know I'm doing my level best as an individual to leave those kind of markers for the people who likewise are, are a little bit behind me in their journey. Notice I'm not suggesting you. Yeah, I'm, I'm better than them. I'm I'm so much more advanced. You realize I'm using 15% of my brain. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. We're here to help each other find our way home. You want to ask me what the purpose of life is? That's my simplest explanation. We're, we're helping each other find our way home in the dark. And that's not something that needs to be accomplished with, with anger and browbeating and name-calling and, and uh, othering, you know, those who aren't at the same point in the journey that, that we are. But I just want you to know, I treat this as a, a stewardship. If I can be just bold about this, I'm going to tell you, I believe 
that I will answer to God one day for how I have have used the opportunities, um, the skills, the talents that I've been able to develop over my life, and, and the passion that I feel for truth and for liberty and and for you know understanding what we can do. Thank you for being a part of that. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your listenership. I hope it never comes off that I take it for granted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody shut up and take a seat. I'm ready to talk now. Um, I look very carefully for the information that I share each day on this program. I'm, I, and I'm not trying to make out that I'm a victim here. Oh, it's so terrible. I have to read and read all the time. And I have people who send me information constantly. I appreciate everybody who can add another piece to the puzzle. Some of the things we're going to be talking about in today's show are a good example of this. Friends who have dropped a line and said, have you seen this article or have you considered this? And it, it comes from some very interesting and sometimes unusual sources. But like a lot of folks, I believe that uh, we have a role to play. I don't care how scary things get. And, and it's, it's tough. We are definitely in a time of crises. In fact, overlapping crises that uh, are making things hard on a lot of levels. Not just the, the big picture, not just geopolitically, not just, you know, American politics. I'm talking right down to the, the personal level. And I include myself in this, too. You know, I, I, I see the, the strain in relationships with, with family members over differences. And, well, what about the information that you're reading? Or what about, you know, the take that you have? Why haven't you been vaccinated yet? I'm grateful to be able to have those conversations. I'm sad that it's that we have to have those kind of conversations. And I'm pretty certain, at least to some people, not just family members, but to, to other people, that, uh, you know, I, I seem like I'm some kind of a weirdo who's just way out there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I might as well just be uh, wearing a tinfoil hat and babbling on about, you know, the, the latest conspiracy. I'm positive that's how it comes off to some. And yet for the people who understand what is at stake, the people who understand that uh, liberty is the greatest gift God gives his children, but it's a gift that comes with, with conditions. It's not for everybody. If you can't handle it, if you take your liberty and you just use it to go, to go run and do whatever you want to, without any thought for consequences or without any thought for what is right and what is wrong, you lose it. It's an elusive thing if you're not prepared for it. It only, it only works for people who live the principles and the practices associated with it. So I try to do my best to teach that as, as we go through the show. I'm not the oracle. I'm still learning myself. There's, there's a chance I could be wrong about whatever it is that, I, that I'm sharing. But I want you to understand I'm doing the very best that I can to give you the best information that I have in hopes that it will help you have clarity about the world around you. And I'm also hoping that, uh, that it will spark in you that desire to stand up and do whatever it is that God set you to do. Your individual mission. Only people who have actually tried to, to tap into that and, and tried to live that can understand and, and, and confirm it just adds depth and it adds meaning to every single aspect of your life. That's the kind of people I like to hang with. 
And I believe that I'm, you know, I'm hanging with him right now. So thank you so much for being a part of the audience. Our program is brought to you by great sponsors like the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Also by LifesavingFood.com and MonticelloCollege.org. I shared an article from Alan Stevo yesterday. I've got another great one that I'm going to share with you here in just a few minutes. But I wanted to go back over something that he shared in yesterday's article just because as I was rereading through that yesterday, as I was posting, you know, the 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 podcast and, and getting, you know, the show out there across social media, and I saw this quote and and it just it seems like it bears repeating. So if if I'm sorry, if this if this is old hat to you, but there's so much wisdom in this. Steve Alan Stevo says, in times like these, how do you serve the cause of freedom in a way that truly matters? And his answer is pray and obey. Now, he's not talking about pray to the government or pray to Dr. Fauci and then obey whatever he's He's talking pray to God and obey what God leads you with and what he shares with you. He says, be, Alan Stevo says, be the free man that you were made to be. Live that free life that you were meant to live. And you will ripple out freedom to all around you. This is the most important part, though, because I know we're all feeling the strain and I know that we're, we're getting weary. But he says, tyrants only matter in your own life as much as you allow them to. They will be dealt with. Politics is downstream of culture. And he says eventually the politicians will follow or they'll be removed. Now, if you're called to deal with them, maybe you run for office. Then he says there's no time like the present. But he says if you're not called to deal with them, then don't sweat them too much. You have such power to nullify them in your own life. Just keep living that free life and things will work out just fine. Now, this applies to more than just the politicians. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm bringing you down, bro, um, turn, turn my show off. Go find something else that's more productive to do. I'm doing my best not to bring more fear or more anger into the situation. But there are times where I really get, uh, get wound up on a particular subject and I'm, you know, I'm probably contributing to somebody's fear. My apologies for that. I, I, don't, I don't intend to. Hopefully, most of the time, you're getting some information that you can actually hang your hat on and that will lead you to a place where, you know, you can you can step up and have that influence that you were born to have. All right. I feel better for getting this off my chest. By the way, you can drop me comments. You can send me email. Just go to the show notes at the Brian show.com. A couple of links there that will help you do that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Just a quick shout out here for my sponsor, lifesavingfood.com. Now, we're talking about food storage. This is the ReadyWise brand of food storage, 25-year shelf life, very, very simple to, to make. You just add water, packaged in individual entrees. Yeah, this is a great way to go. And, of course, they also have buckets. They have, you know, complete food storage programs. Look, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but there really is peace of mind in knowing that you have a degree of self-sufficiency, that you don't have to run to the store when there's a panic on to try to grab whatever it is you need. 
And there's a there's a great deal of flexibility, a lot of great menu items, and most importantly, the food through lifesavingfood.com, this food storage, is available now. It is plentiful. The prices are reasonable. If you're going to act, this is a great time to do it. And if you're going to act, make sure you save 10% on your purchase by mentioning HYDE, H-Y-D-E, at checkout. That's your coupon code, my last name, H-Y-D-E. Well, one of the biggest blessings of our current crises is that they've brought forth individuals who are willing to answer the calling to step up and be sources of light and courage. I think Alan Stevo is one of the brightest sources out there. Now, his recent column, which was published on LewRockwell.com, is um, how to decouple your life from the people who are trying to assume control of it. And I don't know who needs to hear this. Maybe this is for me, but I want you to hear his take on this. He says, it can be wearying to speak to people about the contortions they need to go through within the system to defend their rights. He says, I like it very much, though, because I'm helping lions to wake up and grow skill in their own lives, skill that will help them in all manner of battles ahead. However, he says, while I help people jump through these hoops, there's a reality that everyone who is going to fight a mask hole and a vax hole needs to face. They don't want you. You think too freely for them, and that scares them. Now, you can dominate them, you can obey them, or you can avoid them. So this may ultimately mean separate societies. Perhaps we can alternately return to the American ideal of live and let live. But that approach isn't looking likely, not without some kind of rude awakening. Now, thankfully, those separate societies already exist among those who've put, the, put in the work. They've found the right places. They've surrounded themselves with the right people. No one in their lives will ever ask any of them to show a vaccine card. And Alan Stevo says the rest of us need to play catch up to find that situation in life. He says you cannot expect to overcome 20 years of slacking overnight. Organizations like America's frontline doctors get grief because you might have to wait a few days to see a telemedicine specialist who cares enough about your survival to read the scientific literature on face masks, ivermectin, or hydroxychloroquine. That is called love. It's also at the heart of medical ethics, using all the resources at my disposal. How do I do the best possible work right now for this patient, no matter what anyone else says? And he says, if you support doctors like that now and build relationships with them, they are more likely to be there for you when you need them. And there are plenty of operations out there like that. However, he says, most people don't care about talking to a doctor like that until they get a sore throat. Then they flock to them and give them all manner of grief when they can't be seen immediately. But he says, the real grief, though, belongs in your hands. Why have you been cuddling up for so long to people who you knew secretly wanted you dead? Your doctor was more likely to give you a chemotherapy drug that would kill you than to say to you years before, look up the Weston A. Price Foundation. You might like it. They have lots of healthful and traditional ways of eating that I'm sure you will find way more enjoyable and delicious than any diet from a checkout aisle magazine. But on top of that, the recipes and guidelines they present really seem to work wonders. Now, Alan Stevo says, sure, lots of doctors will mention diet, but few will dig down any further than what some trade organization has to say about diet. They will not do the hard work to find and understand approaches that really work. That doctor is, unsurprisingly, also far more likely to say to you, 
I don't care that this vaccine is an experiment. I want you to take it and risk the chance of maiming and death than to say to you, let's be sure to read all the best literature on non-pharmaceutical options first and to discuss them together before we push for the more invasive pharmaceutical options. Now, the loyalists have their ideas. Alan Stevo says they will report you to the king for hanging as soon as that becomes an option open to them or whatever the 21st century equivalent of hanging is. You think too differently from them and are a threat to their way of life. The ambivalent sheep have their own way as well. And until you look like the victor in this battle, they will stay as far away from you as possible and keep eating their popcorn as they watch this movie play out. The hyenas will be eagerly at work trying to deceive the sheep. But he says these people mean little to depend on them as folly. They will literally kill you if they have the opportunity. And you cannot depend on people who want to kill you. By the way, I don't think he's being hyperbolic when he says this. The reason I say that is because how many times have you seen someone in an exchange on social media when when someone says, well, I'm not going to take the vax for this reason or this reason, and people say, I hope you die, or if you don't want to mask up, I hope you get sick, and the last sounds you hear are your own gurgling as you're on a ventilator. I don't think it's an exaggeration in that regard to say, my gosh, they really do want you dead. Some people are actually that small of soul. Back to Alan Stevo's work. He says, I'm not saying that you don't go to their stores. I'm not saying don't talk to them. I'm not saying quit your job either. He just says, stand firm and communicate reasonably so they must fire you if they find you so triggering. Work with them when it makes sense. Just don't depend on them. Now, he says, I don't walk in your shoes. Do the things you think serve you well in your life. But if you have people like that who are integral to your life and you don't have a very solid plan B, plan C, and plan D for when those people follow through with their stated intentions and let you down, well, then he says, you are the fool for putting any faith in them by which they could let you down. He says, these people want to kill you. Those who quite literally think in their heads and sometimes even let those words slip out aloud. I wish that person were dead. And he says they're a lot more than you realize. They're plotting against you in other ways. And he reminds us the horrors of the concentration camps did not start at the gates of Auschwitz. They started with niggling little impositions on liberty years before, warning signs that people did not take seriously. In the lack of seriousness, people said, I will continue to make government as central to my life as possible and rely on them in these difficult times. Those people didn't survive. Others took a different approach. They made it to British Palestine or they lived as partisans in the woods. Maybe they became part of the resistance abroad or they stayed and fought in the cities of their birth. Am I saying to run? No. He says, I'm saying to use the example of the concentration camps and to prepare yourself for not being affected when the people who openly talk about wanting to kill you or who openly talk about being ambivalent about your death start doing things that one could expect from such a sociopath. I love this next bit of advice. Surround yourself with lions. We have the Internet. We have unlimited calling plans. Using those two tools, a search engine and a telephone, If you cannot find a lion out there in the world who can satisfy every single need that you require, well, you're doing something wrong. 
He says it's long past time to start finding those lions and building those relationships. Now, he says, I'm not just talking about some consumer-producer relationship. That's the stuff of psychopaths. (laughs) I don't disagree. Have you been to the multi-level marketing meeting yet? He goes, that's the kind of behavior that got us into this mess. And unfortunately, I have to pump the brakes here because we are up against our brakes. So we will take a quick timeout. We will uh, put some wonderful words in your ears from sponsors who would love to have your business. Please do business with them, or at the very least, let them know that their message is reaching your ears. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Remember, there are show notes at thebrianhydeshow.com. Every day that I produce the program, we're talking two hours a day. It's a labor of love, but I include notes to every article, every commentator, every guest that I have so that you can check these things out for yourself and continue on your own journey of becoming aware and enlightened about what's going on in the world. I'm sharing an article from Alan Stevo, published on lourockwell.com, about decoupling your life from the people who want to take control of it. And one of the things he talks about is to start surrounding yourself with lions, finding like-minded people that can become part of uh, your I don't want to encourage tribalism, but your tribe, you know, to to be your people. He says, yes, in an economic text, you know, the the consumer-producer relationship makes sense and offers plenty of useful insight. But he says, life is explainable in terms beyond economics. I'm talking about staying on the phone for a half hour the first time you talk and getting a feel for what these people are all about. Not superficial, but really getting to know people. I'm talking about following up with a handwritten thank you note. I'm talking about sending them a photo of your family, that their grass-fed beef and their water filters, their clothing, their medicine, their leather bags are being used by. That's the stuff a robust community is made of. This is the stuff that will last through thick and thin. Now at Trader Joe's, you get what you pay for and nothing more. So don't be let down when your favorite employee's been let go and replaced with a disaffected 23-year-old with a degree in the latest trendy branch of grievance studies. A 23-year-old who's now lording over you, his elder and a customer, and virtue signaling by yelling at you at the top of his lungs at the front door about how evil you are for not wearing a mask to protect the grandma he has, but who, to be fully transparent, which he never would be, he hasn't called in 10 years. And Alan Stevo says these people want to kill you. That is the truth. Don't be shocked when they try to. But also don't be shocked when they do other things that are less extreme than killing you. Things which were once very out of place. The times have changed. He says we'll make it through this time far more free than we ever have been than we ever have before in living memory been. But we're not likely to do that within the existing systems. A decoupling has occurred. More of a decoupling is ahead. And if you wait for that to be abundantly clear to all around you before you act, then you will be left in a difficult situation, waiting in line while entrepreneurs that never had to scale up are forced to do so and experience significant growing pains. 
So if you don't have those relationships built when that occurs, you will be left in a bind for a time. They want to kill you. He says, you're not going to let that happen. They want to deperson you. You will make that irrelevant if they do. They want to fire you. You will have five better opportunities lined up if they do. They want to deny you food. Well, you have a dozen other people you already buy better food from. They want to push you from the system. If you are called to fight for the system that exists, then do that fighting, he says. Your victories may one day benefit us all. But he says their system is nonsense. It's top-heavy. It's full of a managerial class and paper pushers that are a net negative. It is full of people who leech off the public generosity and abrogate freedom to the detriment of all. Has Anthony Fauci and the multiple millions of others like him been anything but a net negative in your life? And these people exist in the public sector and the private sector as well. They're not the cause of our degradation as a people. They are a symptom. But they also individually prosper from the continued degradation. They are incentivized to hasten it. In fact, they are incentivized to do the worst things imaginable for you and your family. Some of them want you dead. You cannot trust them with your life, and you certainly can't trust them to be dependable in any regard. You can subjugate them to your will. You can subordinate yourself to their will. You can avoid them. And Alan Stevo says, look, I don't know what's right for your life. What I do know is that such people must not be depended on. So fight for what's rightfully, rightfully yours. Let that which no longer serves you collapse into the dying heap of ashes it was meant to collapse into. And he says a more beautiful new America will rise from the disaster that has sprung from the Ides of March 2020. In fact, some of us are already building it. I love that perspective. And this goes hand in hand with something that a friend of mine, Simon, told me uh, you know, some years ago. Maybe it's time for us to start focusing on building whatever comes next. I think that's true. I think that's probably more true than, than any of us is really willing to admit at the moment. And the beautiful part is, yes, you actually, you have an essential role to play. I don't know what that role is, but I know it's really important that you do it. All right, moving on. Now, I don't want to sound dramatic, but of all the challenges we're facing at the moment, one of the toughest ones for me personally is knowing who to believe and what numbers can be trusted. I want to thank my friend Eric for sharing an article with me yesterday on on Facebook. Um, The Atlantic, hardly a hard right, you know, kind of media source, is beginning to point out something that I think more people need to be aware of. Namely, it's that our most reliable pandemic number is losing its meaning. This is after a major study showed that asymptomatic and mild cases of COVID are being admitted to hospitals. I mean, right now, there's a fever pitch talking about, oh, the hospitals are so crowded and we've reached capacity and we're going to have to start rationing health care. Now, it's crazy, you know, to, to think that uh, the scare tactics are being used like this. And are they scare tactics? Are they, are they reflecting reality? I don't know. But I know that people that I know and love are, are lapping this up and believing it, and they're fearful and they're scared. They're terrified for me. They're telling me, Brian, you, you need to go and get the vaccine. They're not necessarily worried that I'm, I'm going to get COVID. I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I get to work from home, so my exposure to the public is it's somewhat limited, or at least it can take place on my own terms. I'm not there every day handing money back and forth with customers, although I've been there and done that. They're concerned that 
Well, I don't know. Maybe looking at my physique, they look at me and think, man, he's, he's probably a prime candidate for a heart attack. Sure hate to see you having a cardiac episode and end up, you know, having to uh, be shunted from one hospital to another or not even get treatment at all because everybody in there has COVID. Well, listen to this article from The Atlantic. This is written by David Zwieg. The title, Our Most Reliable Pandemic Number is Losing Meaning. And he's talking about a new study that suggests almost half of those hospitalized with COVID-19 have mild or asymptomatic cases. The article says at least 12,000 Americans have already died from COVID-19 this month as the country inches its way through the latest surge in cases. But another worrying statistic is often cited to depict the dangers of this moment. The number of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 in the United States right now is as high as it's been since the beginning of February. It's even worse in certain places. Some states like Arkansas and Oregon recently saw their COVID hospitalizations rise to higher levels than at any prior stage of the pandemic. But then he asks the question, how much do those latter figures really tell us? From the start, COVID hospitalizations have served as a viral metric for tracking the risks posed by the disease. Last winter, The Atlantic described it as the most reliable pandemic number, while Vox quoted the cardiologist Eric Topol as saying, it's the best indicator we have of where we are. So on the one hand, death counts offer finality, but they're a lagging signal. They don't account for people who've suffered significant illness but survived. Case counts, on the other hand, depend on which and how many people happen to get tested. Presumably, hospitalization numbers provide a more stable reliable gauge of the pandemic's true toll in terms of a severe disease. But a new nationwide study of hospitalization records, released as a preprint, not formally peer-reviewed yet, suggests that the meaning of this gauge can easily be misinterpreted and that it has been shifting over time. So if you want to make sense of the number of COVID hospitalizations at any given time, you actually need to know how sick each patient actually is. And until now, that's been almost impossible to suss out. The federal government requires hospitals to report every patient who tests positive for COVID, yet the overall tallies of COVID hospitalizations made available on various state and federal dashboards and widely reported on by the media do not differentiate based on severity of illness. Some patients need extensive medical intervention, such as getting intubated. Others require supplemental oxygen or administration of the steroid dexamethasone. But there are many COVID patients in the hospital with fairly mild symptoms, too, who've been admitted for further observation on account of their comorbidities or because they reported feeling short of breath. Another portion of the patients in this tally are in the hospital for something unrelated to COVID and discovered that they were infected only because they were tested upon admission. How many patients fall into each category has been a topic of much speculation. And back in August, researchers from Harvard Medical School, Tufts Medical Center, and the Veterans Affair Healthcare System decided that they would find out. We've got to take a very quick break here, but we're going to come back to this article in The Atlantic. It's listed in the show notes as well. There's a link to it if you want to check it out for yourself. What does it tell you? When a fairly liberal point of view magazine like The Atlantic is beginning to question the narrative and the way the numbers are being reported, tells me the truth may be finally starting to emerge. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Brian Hyde Show. 
This is The Brian Hyde Show. And just like that, we are back. I hope you appreciate the sponsors who help make this show possible. How do they do that? Well, thank you for asking. They do that by keeping the wolf away from my door, by making it possible for me to support my family and to spend my time finding and then sharing the best information that I can, hopefully in a way that is not scaring people, but is actually in, impressing them to uh, to take the information, do with it as they will, but to, to not just be passive, but to actively be a part of uh, securing their own liberty. This includes great sponsors like the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. These are the folks I would want you to talk to if you are buying a home in the state of Utah. And a lot of people are moving there, a lot of people looking for homes. You need to you know that the, the pressure on the real estate market is it's real. Inventory disappears as quick as it comes, you know, on, onto the um, listings. It's it's just crazy. So if you need that loan, whether it's a VA loan, a traditional loan, a reverse mortgage, you need it quickly, talk to the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. 435-703-4522. That's their phone number. They're located at 619 South Bluff Street in St. George. And Patriot Home Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity lender. Heather's NMLS ID is 715-386. So I have this article that's in the show notes at com from The Atlantic. And it's talking about how COVID hospitalization numbers can be misleading because they don't tell us how sick the people are who are being admitted after testing positive for COVID-19. And we have researchers from Harvard Medical School, Tufts Medical Center, and the Veteran Affairs Healthcare System who dug in to find out what was going on. They looked at 50,000 patients. So this isn't just, well, you know, we talked to Billy Bob down there at County General Hospital, and this is what he told me. I mean, this is some pretty legit research. The article here says researchers have tried to get at similar questions before. For two separate studies published in May, doctors in California read through several hundred charts of pediatric patients one by one to find out why exactly each COVID-positive child had been admitted to the hospital. Did they need treatment for COVID? Was there some other reason for admission like cancer treatment or a psychiatric episode? And the COVID diagnosis was just, you know, incidental to that admittance? According to the researchers, 40 to 45% of the hospitalizations they examined were for patients in the latter group. You understand what that means? They were there for something else, but they just happened to test positive for COVID. Ah, we've got another COVID hospitalization. Run up the red flag. Tell everybody this is this is what's happening. The hospitals are swamped with COVID patients. It's kind of like the, the cooking of the numbers last year where every person who died with, with a, uh, you know, testing positive for having the COVID virus in their system was counted as a COVID death. Oh, you think I'm joking? A guy dies in a motorcycle wreck. But because he tested positive for COVID, well, it's another COVID death. I mean, why would they report it like that? Why would they do this? I can only imagine it's because there's there's a degree of, the, if we report it in this way, this will move public opinion or will move the public's awareness in a, in a particular direction, which means it's a deliberate manipulation. Now, the authors of the paper out this week took a different tack to answer a very similar question for adults. Instead of meticulously looking for why a few hundred patients were admitted to a pair of hospitals, 
They analyzed the electronic records for nearly 50,000 COVID hospital admissions at more than 100 VA hospitals across the country. Then they checked to see whether each patient required supplemental oxygen or had a blood oxygen level below 94%. Now, the latter criterion is based on the National Institutes of Health definition of severe COVID. If either of these conditions was met, the authors classified that patient as having moderate to severe disease, otherwise the case was considered mild or asymptomatic. Well, the study found from March 2020 through early January 2021, before vaccination was widespread and before the Delta variant had arrived, the proportion of patients with mild or asymptomatic disease was 36%. From mid-January through the end of June 2021, however, that number rose to 48%. In other words, this study suggests roughly half of all the hospitalized patients showing up on COVID data dashboards in 2021 may have been admitted for another reason entirely or just had a mild presentation of the disease. And this increase was even bigger for vaccinated hospital patients, of whom 57% had mild or asymptomatic disease. But unvaccinated patients have also been showing up with less severe symptoms, on average, than earlier in the pandemic. The study found 45% of their cases were mild or asymptomatic since January 21st. According to Shira Doron, an infectious disease physician and hospital epidemiologist at Tufts Medical Center in Boston, and one of the study's study's co-authors, that latter finding may be explained by the fact that vaccinated patients in the vaccine era tend to be a younger cohort who are less vulnerable to COVID and may be more likely to have been infected in the past. Now, there's a lot more to this article. David Zwig is, is the author here. But what does that tell you? I mean, this none of this has made sense. Anybody should anybody who's thinking should be questioning the death numbers. I saw some statistics yesterday that had me going, interesting. The COVID infection rate is surging. You know, you look at this time last year, what the infection rate was, how many cases we were seeing on a daily basis when there was no vaccination available. Now, we have at least 177 million Americans that have been vaccinated, but the infection rate is surging. I thought the vaccine was supposed to mean less infection. So, I don't understand all the cause and effect. All I'm saying is, this does not make sense. And I don't think that I'm being a bad citizen for questioning such things. I've got an article here from Dr. Joseph Mercola that provides, again, more evidence that the, the Centers for Disease Control is cooking the numbers. How? They're listing vaccinated deaths as unvaccinated. Just a couple of quick excerpts. In a July 16, 2021, White House pref, press briefing, briefing rather, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky claimed over 97% of people who are entering the hospital right now are unvaccinated. And a few weeks later, in an August 5th, 2021 statement, she inadvertently revealed how that statistic came about. As it turns out, the CDC was looking at hospitalization mortality data from January 1st, I'm sorry, from January through June of 2021. That's a time frame when the vast majority of the U.S. population was still unvaccinated. But that's not the case at all now. The CDC is also playing with statistics in other ways to create false or inaccurate impressions that unvaccinated people make up the bulk of infections, hospitalizations, and death. 
For example, we now find out the agency is counting anyone who dies within 14 days post-injection. They're counting them as unvaccinated. So not only does this inaccurately reflect or inflate, rather, the unvaccinated death toll, but it also hides the real dangers of those shots, as the vast majority of those shots occur within the first two weeks. Now their deaths are counted as unvaccinated deaths rather than being counted as deaths due to vaccine injury or COVID-19 breakthrough infections. And from here, Dr. McCullough goes into how the CDC counts breakthrough cases, the different testing guidelines for the vaxxed and unvaxxed, how only hospitalization and death count if you're COVID jabbed. In other words, if you get sick, but you don't get hospitalized, you don't die, well, then we're not going to count it. Well, that would include my in-laws. They both are vaxxed. They both came down with COVID. My father-in-law had it very, very seriously, but he wasn't hospitalized. So, you know, it only counts if, if, you're, if you're COVID jabbed and you ended up in the hospital or you died from it. So the vaccinated are actually making up a large bulk of the hospitalization numbers. And you and I are being subjected to some highly misleading statistics. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying is, oh, so therefore Brian's saying you should not get the vaccine under any conditions. No, I'm saying if you think that it is the thing to do, if you feel like if, if the pragmatist in you says this is my best bet to, uh, you know, to mitigate the risk in my situation, by all means, I would say do it. But question the way these numbers are being pushed on us. Question the way that, that we're being uh, manipulated to be fearful and to think that, oh, my gosh, if we don't all get the vaccine right now, why, pretty soon there will be no hospitals left to treat anybody because they'll be so full of COVID patients. There's trickery in the numbers there, too. You know, when they talk about how many beds are available, it's not necessarily because, oh, we've got this many, you know, patients filling up every bed and sitting on gurneys out in the hallway and slouching in chairs. It could just be they don't have enough staff, maybe because they fired a bunch for not getting the jab, you know, to meet the needs of the patients they do have. Lies, damned lies, and statistics. Mark Twain nailed it. Thanks again for being part of our growing audience of wrong thinkers. This is The Brian Hyde Show.